Welcome to the Hearts Entwined podcast. In this podcast, we'll be having discussions around the secrets which attract lasting, healthy, fulfilling relationships, creating a healthy mindset, and what women should know and understand about men. Introducing your host, Lynn Smith, the Queen of Hearts, relationship expert, trainer, speaker, and best-selling author of The Cupid's Bow Technique. Lynn's mission is to have a positive impact in reducing divorce, domestic violence, and suicide. Welcome to the Hearts Entwined podcast. This is your host, Lynn Smith, the Queen of Hearts. And today I've got a very, very familiar guest who's been on the show before and who I love to speak to. Uh, Her name is Laurie Karpanos and she is a marriage and family relationship coach. Welcome again, Laurie. Oh, thank you, Lynn. (laughs) Thanks so much. I love how you call yourself Queen of Hearts. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Yes, and I I hope that I exude that as well. You know, I really do my best to exude um, a very caring, understanding and wanting to serve women attitude. So, yeah, I hope I carry that well. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so today, uh, Laurie and I had a little chat off air and we thought, what a be good would be talking about how misunderstandings can occur in our relationships because this seems to be a really common theme that crops up time and time again so Laurie just um tell the tell the listeners for those that have not had the benefit of hearing about you before a little bit about yourself before we get into that topic sure um I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist in New England in Connecticut and I know you're in Great Britain, right, Lynn? You're in the UK, I believe. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually from the UK, but actually live in Spain. Oh, okay. Well, yes. And you still have your accent. And I <laughs> still have my New York accent, I think. <laughs> Most definitely. Um, yeah, so I've been in practice since, <laughs> I'm an old timer, since 1985. I started out in uh, Florida after a training with the late Sydney Banks. So I had all my prerequisites and I got my license based on my education, but then uh, realized that there was something that wasn't sitting right with the way I was trained. And then I heard um, one lecture by Sid Banks back in 1984, probably. And um, I realized, wow, this is what has been missing really in the field of psychology, which is a spiritual component. Mm. And when you look at the history of psychology, that's really how it began. It was really thought of as um, how the psyche takes what we now call formless energy. Um, You know, you can't see it, you can't smell it, you can't hear it, but you know that we're powered by some force, some energy. And um, that energy comes into the world of form through our ability to create thought, to create a human experience through the power of thought. And the power of consciousness. So we're conscious of what we think. Then that's what makes everything we think 
look like absolute reality. That just blew my mind. When, <laughs> when I heard, you know, Sid had his wonderful words to explain that. And it just hit me like a ton of bricks to the point where I didn't even realize how depressed I had been in my 20s. You know, that because my world shifted, my my total experience of life shifted as I began to look back inside myself that I'm the creator of my experience, my I'm feeling what I think. I'm not feeling the outside world. I'm not feeling other people's thoughts. I'm feeling my own thoughts. And that's the human experience. So, you know, I at that point, I had to leave my profession as an art teacher in a junior high school, or I thought I had to leave it in order to share what I was learning from Sid and from other students of Sid's. And um, so I went into the field of marriage and family therapy, and that's how that evolved. So long story to your um, simple question, Lynn. But No, it's, it's a very valuable story because I'm sure there are some listeners that um, maybe have not heard the previous episode and, and know a little bit about your background. So thank you for sharing that and the insights about and, and awareness around what you, what you learned you know, having been a student and studying under Sid Banks, because, uh, you know, it is very valuable information that we're not taught in formal education, is it? Mm-hmm. Not taught, you said, in... Formal education. Formal education. Well, it's starting to be. It is. It's starting to be. So that's very exciting because it, it truly is a paradigm shift for the field and um, a wonderful shift. Um, people are seeing the ramifications for world peace, literally. Mm-hmm. We have um, enough people in the world recognizing that they are the ones creating their experience. There's a shift mm-hmm. um, as a result of this. And that's what allows people to have greater understanding not just for one another and that's the topic we're going to be speaking about um not just for one another but for cultures Mm. you know to be able to sit down and really understand the cultural thinking a group of people have then you can see how to negotiate better and how to share your experience of how it looks different to you Mm. it's very empowering but also it's a huge responsibility isn't it when you when you think about you know what 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 power you've got over how your life looks yeah yeah that well it becomes more and more of a no-brainer Lynn you know know, when the more I saw this and believe me this is 30 some odd years into um, what I learned from Sid Bang's and his, even though he's passed, his other students, like, like myself, are putting out podcasts and webinars. And so I love listening to them because I have insights when I listen to my colleagues. Mm. And that's the point of this, that people don't listen just to the words and the explanation and try to understand it intellectually. This is a process of insight. 
where people will hear us uh, speaking or, you know, um, writing whatever form we're putting it out in. And instead of interpreting what we're saying, you know, a lot of people will say, oh, this sounds like Zen or Buddhism or uh, this or that, but they're missing the point if they want to compare and contrast it. What you're looking for, and this is for our, our listeners, what you're looking for is your own insight. So just let what I have to say kind of wash over you and, you know, Sid would actually say, don't listen to my words. And I thought, what are you talking about? Don't listen to my words. But it's, I came to see what he meant. It's not, you know, because there's so many interpretations for, say, the, the word spiritual. That could have a negative yes. connotation. Yeah. And there we go with the whole theme of misunderstanding, right? Yeah. So you want to see what is true and useful and right for you how you see the world it's it's not about sharing information because you know we can all share information and and you know and and the thing is that the knowledge in itself isn't effective unless we implement it so what we're actually sharing is not actual information it's actually a transformative experience isn't it well, I, you know, I have to say from my own experience, personally and professionally, seeing people in front of me change, that's so true that it is a transformative experience that happens on its own. Mm. It's not a matter of willing it or trying to make it happen. It actually happens on its own because as I understand it, and this is just my words to explain how I understand it. It's as though I personally, it's as though I rose in a high, in levels of consciousness Mm. to a higher level of consciousness, which isn't to say that I'm better than anybody else. We are all literally, literally. And that's also what I came to see about the three principles, mind, thought, and consciousness that Sid Banks spoke to. Um, we literally are all the same and I don't have anything that anybody else can't have for themselves. Mm. It's a matter of looking within, look within yourself, how you're creating your experience. Yeah, I absolutely hundred percent agree. So what we're going to discuss today, Laurie, is, um, something that you brought up that would be a fascinating topic for our audience to listen to. And that is understanding how you misunderstood because, you know, in relationships, it's quite common, isn't it? That we experience as coaches and trainers and and therapists, how this misunderstanding, especially between the sexes occurs as a regular theme. Oh, yes. (laughs) I I love this topic, Lynn. Um, we tossed around a few possibilities, but this one just, you know, was like a neon sign, something that I really want to share with people because it's so prevalent. Oh my goodness. It is probably, I, I would say really the culprit in relationships. It's the enemy of relationships. How people, 
get this experience of life that looks real to them so they're innocent they don't realize that their experience is not the same experience as their partner or anyone they're relating to their boss their children their parents their um friends you name it these misunderstandings are common only when people don't take the time to really understand what the other person is trying to get across and so uh, one of the things i love doing in retreats and seminars and sometimes in my uh, private practice is well as often as possible i should say <laughs> is teaching people how to listen with nothing on their mind no agenda no you know as soon as this other person is finished talking i'm going to have a moment to get in the way i see it no you want to take a moment to really understand you don't have to agree with what the other person is saying but you want to take the time to really understand where they're coming from and you know i could give you a couple of examples how this goes but um you know i just want to do that before our time is up we we have time so at the right time i can show you how this plays out let me know yeah i mean good. certainly go 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 right ahead laurie because um i'm sure i'll be able to add as well to to the examples that you share uh, because it is a, a crucial topic, like you say, and there's a, there's a reason why we've got two ears and one mouth, isn't there? <laughs> <laughs> right. right, we've heard that, yeah. And, um, you know, before I jump into these examples, I just want to say that misunderstanding runs so much deeper than the he said, she said that goes on mm. you know, between couples. And um, years later, when somebody will say, oh, my gosh, you meant that five years ago when you were talking about X, Y, Z, when you said ABC, that's what you meant? Mm. You know, that happens quite often, too. Um, so it runs so much deeper. It runs really to the soul because miss. The, the true nature of the human experience is thought and consciousness. Every person is conscious of what they themselves think. And I'm going to get into that a little deeper, but I just wanted to put that out there before I give you a couple of examples to explain what I mean. So let's see, which one would I, you know, I love giving current examples because it's like every day that I'm seeing clients, the misunderstanding aspect will pop up. Mm -hmm. It's not like I'm even looking for it. It's just right there. You know, it's so, um, runs so rampant and it's so prevalent that it's just right there. So here's one example. So I'm seeing this um, husband who had filed for divorce and his wife was served and um, he started to have 
a wee bit of a second thought about this. You know, it's not my job to convince somebody to hold off on their uh, divorce proceeding, but just in talking about how our experience is coming from us, not the other person. Yes. I kind of, you know, it's like ding, ding, ding. He started to look inside himself at how he was contributing to the problems he was experiencing, um, which is really 100%. Yeah, well, <laughs> when you when you see how thought works, it's a hundred percent. It's always on us. Not that you know we don't want to blame ourselves either. We want to see humanity. Human beings are innocent to their own thinking mm. because they're living in the pea soup of their own thinking. Yes, they're living in it. That's that's their life. But when you can realize that that's what's happening, you start taking your own thinking a little less seriously. And boy, that opens people up like you would not believe. So we're going to go back to this fellow here. So he served her papers. He starts to realize, wait a minute, this is my third wife. (laughs) (laughs) And all the other relationships besides the two other women I divorced, I was always the first one out. I was always the first one to leave. Hmm. First time he recognized, I think he's in his 40s. First time he recognized that there's a pattern here. <laughs> yeah, the common denominator being himself. Yeah, isn't that, I mean, it's so interesting when we have something in our blind spot and then something pulls it out, you know, some realization, some insight will bring that blind spot into the light of day, if you will. So he starts to look a little deeper and he says, you know, what really gets to me with with my wife, and by the way, he did put the divorce on hold till he could explore this a little further. So he says, what really gets to me is when she doubts me, how dare she doubt me? I have built a successful business and so many people in my community, everybody respects me, they know The reason is because they know I'm a man of my word. I don't say things unless I know it to be true. But she'll doubt me. No matter what, she'll say, are you sure that's true? Well, come to find out, as he got curious about this, and that's my point, too, is getting curious about why the other person would think what they think when you know that's not you. What are they thinking? So instead of taking offense, he got curious. And you know what he found out, Lynn? This is a kicker. (laughs) He found out she had been through a series of marriages and relationships as well. And the thing that always broke them up was that he had lied to her. (laughs) So she had that in her experience that I can't trust men to tell the truth. They all lie, even though it's not true. It just happened to be her experiences with these particular men. Mm. And who knows, you know, it it was how she was seeing it. So in her mind, she has to protect herself and be on the alert for any possible lie. (laughs) You know, so it's like we see what we look for. 
whatever we're looking for, that's what we're going to see. Mm -hmm. Isn't that something? It is, you know, know, we always get what we focus on, even if it's something we don't want, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And I never bring people into the past to, we just know that our past experiences are going to um, have an effect on us only to the degree of how we think about it now. You know, you take two people, they could be twins, they grew up in the same household and um, on and on, had the same teachers, and still they're so different because they've interpreted their experiences differently. And so they see the world through their personal thinking. I had a story around that, actually, where there was twin uh, men who had grown up and they were identical um, you know, we obviously with the same parents and uh, it, you'd think similar experiences, but their father was an alcoholic who was in and out of prison a lot. And um, one of the twins, he grew up to be an alcoholic and who was in and out of prison a lot. And the other twin grew up to be really successful entrepreneur. And they were both asked the question, why did you turn out the way you did? And they both said, because of my father. <laughs> yeah, so one yeah. chose to repeat the pattern and the other one chose not to. Right, right. It was their thinking, their personal decision that they didn't even realize they were making, right? Yeah. They didn't even realize it because they were just living in the pea soup of their own experience. Like one was saying, oh, my God, my father, I'm not going to do that. The other one was saying, well, it runs in the family, so of course I'm doing that. Exactly. <laughs> and they believe, they believe whatever they think, hook, line, and sinker. Talk about, you know, misunderstanding ourselves even. Mm. That whatever we think is going to look like absolute truth. Well, there's a saying that Henry Ford come out with, isn't there, that um, whether you believe you can or you can't, you're right. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, because there you go. We experience our own thinking. You know, it's so interesting that we've had all these sayings through the years and the wise people of the ages have really said the same thing. But I'll tell you, you know, and this is for our listeners, I would look into Sid Banks because it was the first time that I really got what the wise people of the ages were trying to say. Mm. You know, I would dabble in reading this or that, or I was kind of sort of interested in spirituality. And it never hit me. And, you know, I'm not saying that it will hit everyone. Of course, it won't hit everyone the way it hit me. It can't possibly. But um, everybody has their own, again, their own experience. But I really uh, recommend that people just Google Sydney Banks and see what you find. I would yeah, second books, that. Books are wonderful. <laughs> yeah. I, would, I would second that. Yeah, it's really so interesting. And, and actually, there's nothing new out there. You know, this has all been passed down, hasn't it, through the generations. It's just got lost somewhere along the way. Yes, right, 
Right. Well, you know, because they were just sayings to us. It's like a Pinterest, you know, um, don't believe everything you think or, you know, it's like just a saying. But when you understand how it literally works, mm. mind, thought and consciousness are working together to give us this true to life experience, this human experience moment to moment wow, that sheds light. Then that makes that Pinterest statement come to life. Like, oh, okay, I get that on a much deeper level. Don't believe everything you think. That makes total sense to me now. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. It does make total sense to me too. So the, the other thing that come to mind as we've been talking about this subject of misunderstanding um, is that I see a lot of clients create misunderstanding by having expectations, you know, and mm. I think, you know, expectations is another thing that causes a lot of misunderstanding because, you know, we're, we're quite often in any sort of relationship, romantic or otherwise, um, having expectations about how we expect you know, expect that other person to behave, to speak, to communicate. And when they don't live up to that, then we make judgments yeah. about that, don't we? Absolutely. Judgments. Yes. Absolutely. And um, that would be another whole podcast about judgments. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do it another they time. They are interrelated, you know, the misunderstanding because we're so busy judging the other person in a negative fashion that we could miss a lot of what's wonderful and beautiful about the other person. And, you know, recognizing that it's just us thinking, creating this experience of judgment doesn't mean it's accurate or helpful. And sometimes, you know, it could be helpful, but that's where, or wisdom comes into play. Like, let's say you are with somebody who's doing something unhealthy, they're drinking too much, they're smoking too cigarettes or what have you. And, you know, of course, if you have a judgment about that, it could be healthy for them to find a loving way to point out, you know, I don't know if you realize that this XYZ could be um, causing you physical difficulty, but it the the state of mind we're in when we point something out to the other person is so important, so important. I hear so often, you know, he has an attitude or she has an attitude, like people are already worked up and judging negatively some behavior so when they point it out to the other person it comes off as criticism mm -hmm. and what do people do when they feel criticized they back up you know, or, or they'll even do that thing more just to dig their heels in and say well the heck with you mm -hmm. um which actually brings me to another story i'll tell you that in a minute it's it's it's, oh, it's so funny um but yeah, so that's the thing we ha also have to really monitor is our state of mind. Like, where are, are we coming from? Love and understanding. 
or are we coming from anger and judgment and uh, fear? You know, yeah, yeah. So here, here's this other story. This is a great lead-in um, to my couples. I always recommend a couple of books. I recommend the Relationship Handbook by George Pransky. And no surprise, I recommend The Secret of Love, Unlock the Mystery. Mm. And um, so his, this couple comes. <laughs> um, he bought, got a hold of The Secret of Love, Unlock the Mystery, Unleash the Magic. And he wanted her to read it in the worst way. Well, guess what? She said, nope, I'm not reading that. So how do you think he interprets that? He interprets that to mean that she doesn't care about the relationship. She's not going to do anything to improve the relationship. So he gets this attitude like, what a nerve. If she's not going to do anything, I'm certainly not either. I'm not, you know, so they both are like nine toes out of the relationship a piece. And come to find out because I explored it with her a little further when I had the two of them in front of me. She said no, because in her mind, it was just another thing he was telling her she had to do to save the relationship. <laughs> like in her mind, it was, whoa, I gotta check that box now. Isn't that interesting? So she felt as though she was being coerced or controlled in some way right. uh, you know yeah, by that, by was that her suggestion interpretation. yeah yeah and his interpretation was she could care less and neither interpretation was accurate no but isn't it interesting that one doesn't really try to explore it anymore like wow that's so curious how come i mean i see you reading other books it's not that you don't like reading I'm just so curious, how come you don't want to? Well, then, don't you think she would say, well, it's because it's another box for me to check off. Mm. And then they have a conversation where they're really sharing how they see things. And if people don't blame the other person for seeing it the way they're seeing it, we can't help the way we see things. It's not like we are planting thought seeds in our head, trying to aggravate the other person. We can't help it. We we get what we get. But to be able to step back and have a look and say, wow, I guess that wasn't as accurate as I thought it was. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true because uh, I can relate to this as well, you know, because one of my earlier professions when I was a very young woman at the age of 19 was I was a policewoman. And quite often, obviously, within that role, I was taking a lot of witness statements. And even, you know, when the people were viewing the same accident or whatever it was they were witness to, the different perspectives, you wouldn't think sometimes that they viewed the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Yes, isn't that interesting? Absolutely. You know, they'd view uh, the same car and it'd be a different color or a different make yeah. or, you know, yeah. a perpetrator would be, you know, described this way and another person would describe him that way and you think, did they see the same person? <laughs> exactly. It's so interesting. Perception, you know, it's all perception. If you have four people standing on four different corners where an accident happened in that intersection, 
they'd have different renditions of what happened. Mm. Yeah. So the, yeah. this was introduced to me as an early age, you know, how we all have these perceptions of, of um, you know, and our own take on things as to yeah. what we're seeing and how we're placing different meanings on what we're seeing. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> the funny thing is, you mention it, it, when I was in the middle of editing with Christine, The Secret of Love, this story came to my mind and it was so weird because it just popped into my head. It was a story about two young girls. It, it wound up being a little book called The Inside Out World, or it's an inside out world. These two young, uh, like preteens, they're talking together about um, something they heard from their substitute teacher, all about this, that um, life is not the way it seems, <laughs> you know, basically. And so they run this experiment and one gets upset because they get bullied or teased. It was more being teased on a school bus. And she, and she says, well, wait a minute. So they're doing this like lab, this lab of life and they get on the phone together in the evening and they realize, hey, there's another way to look at this. Maybe she was being teased because the boy actually was interested in her. That that could be too, you know, instead yes. of taking offense. So there's so many different ways to see something. So that's funny that you brought that up. Most definitely. Yeah, yeah and I can relate to that as well. You know, um, certainly in my history, I've um, been teased by boys at school and I've definitely realized later on probably it was due to the fact that they did have that that spark of attraction <laughs> rather than you know wanting to make my life a misery <laughs> yeah right right yeah yeah well you know I've got one other story um so I want to make sure we I share this one and this story is about um let, let me see. Oh, maybe I'll give two names here. Let's say um, Sally and Bob. How uh, we'll say that, right? Okay. So Sally and Bob are—they went through six months. One says six months of difficulty. The other one says ten years of difficulty. That's a different. <laughs> that's talk about a different viewpoint, right? So. Um, what happens is Bob um, was trying to make his trying to make his wife happy. Good intentions, but it doesn't work that way, right? We, happiness, we we know now, happiness truly does come from within us. It comes from our own thinking. If we're having happy thoughts, we're feeling happy. Not that we can make ourselves have happy thoughts. We just know that that's how it works. So he's going overboard trying to make her happy against his better judgment um that you know she wants a bigger house he agrees to it even though he knows oh boy this means i'm gonna have to uh work even harder uh it's gonna cause more stress we'll have less time to go on dates and this is his thinking i don't know how much of that he actually shared with her when they before they decided to go with the bigger house and other things too like you know she wanted another child. He agreed against his better judgment. Um, but, you know, all of that worked out. 
how um and on and on the list goes on and on how he's bending over backwards to try to make his wife happy and guess what he never found out what it, she didn't even know right away what it was that she was searching for it wasn't in a bigger house it wasn't in another child it wasn't in any of the things that people attempt to do or attempt to create in order to feel happy mm. it was for her something that was missing she was looking for more affection more time together and of course he's trying to please her in that way making her happy by going overboard and stressing himself out do you think he's got any time or inclination to be affectionate he's just nose to the grindstone trying to bring in as much money as he can and do as much as he can and total misunderstanding between the two of them it just strikes me it's so interesting how um, prevalent that is. And when you go deeper to, again, the true nature of the human experience being thought and consciousness, you realize that there's no one to blame. Everybody's innocent to their own thinking. They're just responding and, or reacting to their own thinking. But we have... And this is really, really so amazing. We have a built-in um, compass, a built-in, what's the word I'm looking for? Like um, navigational system. Mm. It's a built-in um, neon sign, really. That'll. It's like having a neon sign that will light up and say, whoa, you're on the wrong course here. Your thinking is leading you astray. And that signal is our feelings. Yes. Anytime, anytime, literally anytime anybody is feeling irritated, annoyed, bothered, look within. It's your own thinking causing that. But it appears as though it's what that person is doing. Mm. That person is snoring or, you know, or they're coughing too much or they're, um, you know, second guessing me or they're um, stressing themselves out and not taking time to be with me or they don't want to be with me. So they must not like me or you know all of those thoughts look to the thinker like it's absolutely true they 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 know they they know what's happening cuz they're looking at what's happening but no <laughs> you got to turn your eyeballs inside out you got to look <laughs> the other way inside your own yeah head. i mean that's that's where human experience is getting created two square inches inside our head you know <laughs> absolutely and it is literally you know taking notice and becoming more aware of when your feelings are giving you that 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 warning if you like yes. that that neon sign that you spoke about and then yes. taking that to mean mm, 
this is the signal to ask myself an empowering question. What, you know, what do I need to learn from this situation or whatever that question might be? Yeah, it's a direct feedback system. We are designed so incredibly, really, right? That we feel our own thinking. Mm. That is, oh my gosh, you know, the intelligence of universal energy. It's the same intelligence that is operating the natural world. We're part of the natural world. And to discover that we feel our own thinking, wow. (laughs) I mean, that's huge. That's like discovering um, how to make fire for (laughs) humanity, you know? (laughs) Definitely. Well, on that note, Laurie, I I could really, you know, be in conversation with you all day. You're such a, a wise, wise woman with such a lot of great stories and insights and, and great information to share. And I'm sure we'll be having you on again. But uh, unfortunately, time's run away with us now for this episode. So I just want to take this opportunity for saying thank you so much for coming on and and uh, being such an, an open, wise book of insights. Uh-huh. Well, thank you, Lynn. Thank you for having me. It's a, it's always a pleasure. I enjoy talking with you. And mm-hmm. on, on that basis, Laurie, could you just share what would be a, a great method of contact for the listeners to be able to get in touch with you? And uh, I'll include all the rest in our show notes as, as usual. Sure. Um, uh, my Gmail uh, is probably the best way. It's my first name, L-O-R-I at uh three the number three principles therapy and principles is plural spelled p-l-e-s three principles therapy.com oh i said it's a gmail actually i also have a gmail but they both go to the same place laurie at three principles therapy.com excellent thank you so much again laurie it's been an absolute pleasure and i'm sure our listeners have got absolutely loads and loads and loads of great gems from this conversation thank you then yeah you take care now thank you so much you're very welcome and i'll just wrap up by saying you know what true love starts with opening our hearts so get out of our heads and more into our hearts and let's share the love goodbye for now until next time Thanks for listening to the Hearts Entwined podcast. You can follow Lynn via the Facebook group Two Hearts Entwined or search Lynn Smith, inspirational speaker at LinkedIn or email lynn at hearts-entwined.com. That's L-Y-N at hearts-entwined.com. Remember, true love starts with opening our hearts.